Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome into another edition of the Wolverine.com podcast here on the Wolverine.com and also on the Wolverine.com YouTube channel. I am your host as I have been uh, for these shows, Anthony Broom, along with former Michigan defensive lineman Ryan Vandenberg. And Ryan, it, it's been a long time since you and I have chatted. How's everything going? It's good. It does feel like a long time, uh, but it's going good. Had a good holiday. First Christmas with our daughter, Blake, and she was very excited, as excited as a three-month-old can be, and she's been the good luck charm this year. So maybe this is the year that uh, we win our first college football playoff game. Not just get there, but win one. Well, she doesn't know a world where Michigan has lost to Ohio State or not won a Big Ten championship. So may as well just keep uh, adding to the ledger there. Uh, as I said before, it's been since the last time we spoke was, I believe, the the night of the Big Ten championship game. We did the live stream after the fact. So. It's been, when Michigan plays this game on Friday night, it will have been 27 days since a football game has been played. So now that we've had some time to sit back and reflect on what the season has been, Ryan, um, you know, what do you, the totality of this going into the playoff, how do you see this team stacking up with the rest of the field and just your thoughts on the, the year as a whole? I think we're the most dangerous team in the college football playoff. One, because no one expected us to be there. Two, because I believe that we were playing probably the best football. Either us or Alabama was playing the best football at the end of the year, and it's hard to say that about Alabama because they took a not great Auburn team to three overtimes, four overtimes, uh, and almost, I mean, had a lot of opportunities to lose that game and not even be in the SEC championship. So um, I feel like Cincinnati kind of coasted to their end. Uh, I feel like Georgia got smacked around more so, those, more so than they thought in, in the SEC championship game. Uh, Bama had a great SEC championship. They were a hot team. But Michigan, with convincing wins over Ohio State and then going into the Big Ten championship, only giving up three points to an Iowa team and uh, laying the wood, you know, the last two games of the, of the season, I feel like we were the hottest team. Uh, I honestly don't know how the break impacts us, if that cools us off at all. But we're definitely the most dangerous team, and I wouldn't want to see us in the college football playoffs. So uh, that's a good thing. That's exciting thing to say about Michigan football. Overall, year on the whole, I just think it's been uh, an awesome year of development and progress, and it kind of all happened at once, and want to take the appropriate amount of time and appreciation for how big of a turnaround this season was, and the biggest question mark for me is, is this something that is player-led? You hear a lot about this as a player-driven team, player-motivated team. Is this something that we can carry over into next year, this this much, uh, not to the same level of success, but this caliber of team and competing and beating Ohio State and competing and winning a Big Ten championship. Is that something we're going to be able to do with 
you know, next year, year after, or is this a flash in a pan due to the, you know, outstanding senior leadership of Cade McNamara, Aiden Hutchinson, and Hassan Haskins and those types. So uh, very pleased with this year. I feel like we were hoping, you know, to be able to walk. We were crawling before, and now we're, you know, sprinting with the big dogs. And uh, it's exciting. I feel like if you can put together a couple consistent years at this level, all of a sudden now we're pulling even when it comes to recruiting with the Ohio States, the Alabamas, the Georgias, the Clemsons. So um, great year. Hopefully something we can build off of and not just a flash. And then we get three more years of just better than mediocre. Well, what do you remember about Lowell Prep as a, as a player? I mean, it's probably a little bit longer when you were playing between your last game of the year and your bowl game. But what? how do you – what is it about keeping that momentum or how do you stay sharp when you have so much downtime? I think that's the toughest thing to do because you get into this rhythm and this flow. And we talked earlier that bye weeks can be – great but they can also be setbacks because they throw you off of the rhythm that you're used to game week game in game out um but one thing i think that this team has that's going in their favor is the fact that they have such great leadership usually when we prepared for bowl games you have a week maybe seven full days off uh after that last game and then you'd start going back in weightlifting and fundamental drills back to stance, back to coming off the ball, back to how you slant, back to how we do contain. And just going back and revisiting almost week one of fall camp in the first week of bowl prep. Then you go into two to three weeks of game planning and you're still doing some of your technique stuff, some of your basic foundational things that you do by position, but you're also scheming and game planning Georgia. So um, right now, you know, today was walkthrough mode and, and get ready for, Make sure you're polished on all the things that you're trying to achieve, whatever your game plan is offensively, defensively. Um, but it's an extended period, and it's such a weird process to finish the season because it's so out of character for what the normal system is for, for football. So um, I don't, I'm kind of – I like parts of it. There's parts of it I don't like. Uh, but it's definitely different preparing for a bowl game. And I'd like to believe, again, with senior leadership, having been to bowl games before and not found success would – get these guys motivated on the right track, uh, making sure the intensity is where it needs to be because that can kind of waver. And uh, hopefully they're just as excited as your puppy is to uh, get into this bowl game. <laughs> Couldn't get through one without a cameo from the dog here. Very excited for the game on Friday night. Uh, well, let's move into the game. Uh, your defensive line guy, and a lot of the talk this week has revolved around George's defensive line. How much of those guys have you seen, and, and how confident are you that Michigan's offensive line, which – since last we spoke, won the Joe Moore Award for the best offensive line in the country. What do you see in that matchup there? Well, they obviously have probably one of the best, if not the best, defensive tackles in the country. Um, his name's Jordan Davis. I'm not sure. I should know his name. But he is – I don't know if you've seen pictures of this guy. This guy is standing next to other big linemen at 6'4", 330. He towers over these other linemen. He reminds me of um, – Oh, Gilbert Brown used to play for the Packers back in the day, and he was a guy that would come off. But one thing I have noticed is he's a dominant player when he's in the game, but he only probably takes 20 to 30 reps a game. He doesn't stay in for very long. doesn't seem like his conditioning is top level. Uh, it's hard to be a top-level condition when you're 6'8", 375, whatever he is. Um, but he's going to give us some problems on the interior. But I feel like this is something that Gaddis can scheme around. This guy's not going to be in the game every play. Um, have – plays to check to if you're running in the a gap b gap if he happens to be on that gap or on that side you probably should check 
and I'm sure we have those available to us. Um, but the rest of their defensive line and their front seven, they're they're elite. They're a good group. Uh, but I also think that with how creative we've been with the use of Haskins, Corum, uh, Donovan Edwards, and then even Henning in the sweep game and end around game, if we can keep them guessing and not let them fire off and, and know where the ball's going in the run game, I think we're going to be able to find some success. Uh, it may be mild success comparatively to some of the different uh, performances we saw Ohio State and Iowa, but I do think that we don't need to come out of character to find success offensively. We do need to be creative, and we need to be smart about where we place the ball. Well, we talked about some of that stuff. I mean, what are some other offensive pieces of the game? I mean, if you're putting an offensive game plan together, who's the guy that you're really scheming to get the ball in his hands a lot on, on a Friday night? I think I'm looking to get the ball to Corum on the edges, especially when Jordan Davis is in the game. If Jordan Davis is in the game, I'm staying out from between the tackles, at least early on. I'm going to wait till the second half when he's got a little bit of fatigue to him and, and see how it goes, see how my matchups are doing. Uh, on plays that are outside and see see what we're doing and if we can handle him. Uh, if we can, I'm kind of thinking you have a good combo of Haskins that runs between the tackles, Corm that runs on the edges, and then Donovan Edwards is a guy out of the backfield that you can look up for a matchup against a linebacker in the passing game. I love Donovan Edwards as a receiving running back. I think he's reminds me of James White for the Patriots uh, back when they had him. So I would be finding balance in ways to get all those guys touches. Every time they touch a ball, they're fresh. Um, and, you know, Georgia, you got to find a way to defend all these guys. The other thing I think is keeping it uh, balanced on first down. I feel like that's something we found late in the season that led to a lot of our offensive success is that even if we were throwing a swing pass, which most people would consider that an extended run, it's a pass on first down at a personnel that we traditionally like to run with. So I think keeping them guessing on first downs so that they can't tee up and try and stop the run game every play is going to be huge. And Gaddis, I feel like, has just – blossomed as a play caller and really learned how to utilize his guys. So I look into that and then red zone, you know, that was one thing that early in the year, you know, the way it finished, you wouldn't know it was a problem for us, but early in the year was a real struggle to not come away with field goal or to come away with field goals and not not able to get it into the end zone. Last three games, four games of the season, we very rarely if ever saw Jake Moody, unless it was a uh, point after touchdown attempt. So uh, if we can keep our red zone offense, as efficient as it has been, I feel like Georgia is going to have a problem keeping up with us offensively because their offense is nothing stellar, in my opinion. So um, our offense doesn't need to be great. They just need to execute, take care of the football. They can get three scores. I feel very confident that Georgia is going to struggle to score three times on our defense. Well, let's move over to the defensive side of the ball. There's been a lot of talk about, uh, like, Daxton Hill. Is he going to suit up or not? Still some uncertainty. Harbaugh calls him a game-time decision. He'll have a big impact on stopping a guy like Brock Bowers. But uh, talk about the defense as a whole. I mean, some, um, you know, how they match up against Georgia's personnel and what you would be looking for the game plan to be on the defensive side other than just Hutchinson Ojabo, go get him. Yeah, they're they're a good running team. It kind of is sneaky because they've distributed the ball so well in the run game, similar to kind of how we have with Haskins having a lot of carry. I mean, if Corum would have been healthy, uh, it would have been even more balanced between the two of them as far as the yardage we've gained on the ground. But they've spread the ball around. They've got over 2,200 rushing yards on the season, I believe, as a team. Um, Stetson Bennett, great story. He's a walk-on guy that ended up making it and now is a starter in – I love the story, but he production wise hasn't produced at the level that I think that they want him to. Um, They definitely 
struggle to move the ball downfield through the air. They need to rely on their run game in order to move the chains. So we should be looking at a lot of front seven stuff. It should look very similar uh, to what Michigan's game plan was against Iowa defensively uh, because that's how I see them. Um, the other thing that makes it a little nervous and will make people unsettled is that they look a lot like Michigan State without a Kenneth Walker. Um, and Michigan State gave us some problems, but I think we fixed those. Uh, so I'm not super concerned that they can just steal Michigan State's play calling sheet and, and run the ball on us. But um, Bowers that you mentioned is an extraordinary talent. I don't know if people know about this guy because we don't watch a lot of SEC football in the Big Ten. Freshman tight end, leading receiver on the team. Uh, he might be like the third or fourth leading rusher on the team. He's a tremendous athlete. So be interesting to see if we get Dax Hill back because I was thinking coverage-wise, he's a matchup problem for us. And he's an answer for them to move the chains on third and shorts or third and fours, third and mediums, uh, which I think they're going to be in a lot of those situations. He is a guy that he's probably the first read on a majority of their pass plays. And if we can keep him covered up and make him go to the second guy, that's going to work really strongly in our favor. So it'd be interesting to see if Dax Hill suits up. Even if he doesn't, who is going to cover Bowers? Because he's just a matchup problem. And if we can't contain Bowers, if Bowers has 10 receptions for 150 plus yards and a touchdown or two, we're probably not on the winning end of this football game. He is a key to stopping him and then limiting what they can do in the run game and make them throw the ball outside the hashes to their receivers, make Stetson Bennett make some plays with Ojabo and Hutchinson coming after him. And if you're Michigan's defense, you can't give up a big play. That's kind of been the mantra all year. I feel like, again, make them take the slow route, which they kind of want to. They're like the Iowa team. They're not Ohio State that just wants to have big plays. But uh, make them take the slow route, make them possess the ball, and see if they can pick up first downs consistently because I don't think that they will be able to move the ball consistently throughout all four quarters. They may start moving the ball. We make some adjustments. We slow them down. Um, but if Bowers is able to get free and Stetson Bennett starts feeling comfortable, we could be in a, a little bit of a situation defensively. Well, we've talked about this in big games that Michigan has played since you and I have done this podcast, X-Factors, guys that we haven't talked about unsung heroes, under-the-radar guys that you think could have a big impact for Michigan in this game? Guys that we haven't heard of, I would say Junior Colson's going to be big, especially if Dax Hill doesn't come back, because Junior Colson, he's had so many times where he's in great position and coverage, ball hits him, I think he had one or two hit him in the face mask and, and couldn't come down with a play. And he's, I mean, a tremendous talent. That's not a knock on this kid. He's in the right position as a freshman on a defense that's loaded with talent. I mean, he's going to be a star. But he's just been the guy that's in the right place at this point, and he hasn't made the big plays. He, I think, especially if Dax Hill is down, even if he's not down, he's going to be charged, I think, with coverage on Bowers. So he's going to see eight to ten targets come his way, and he's going to have to be in good position. So I think Junior Colson could be an X factor in this game defensively. It's gonna, We're going to need the best game we can out of Hutchinson, Ojaba, but we know those names. Junior Colson coming up with you know, eight-plus solo tackles, a couple passes defended, who knows? Maybe an interception, maybe, maybe. Uh, but if he can get that done, we'll be in a really good spot defensively. So uh, someone from the linebacking unit is going to have to have a good game in coverage in order to keep them off the field. So uh, why not him? Junior Colson's my guy. All right, it's time for our favorite game. Fill in the blank. Michigan wins this game if? Michigan wins this game if they have zero turnovers. Uh, I know that sounds basic, but – uh, I feel like Michigan, we match up well defensively. I mean, both of our defenses, I would say, are an A-plus rating if you're on Madden or NCAA 14 or something like that. We've got A-plus defenses both sides. 
But offensively, I feel like we have an advantage. I feel like we've got better talent. Uh, I feel like McNamara, I would take McNamara over Stetson Bennett any day of the week, especially the way he's been playing recently. And so I feel like our offense has a distinct advantage. As long as we don't give them extra possessions, I don't know how they're going to get out in front of us. And I think if we get out in front of them, they're going to struggle to play from behind. They're not built to come back. You saw that in the Alabama game in the SEC championship. So um, we win the game if we take care of the football, point blank period. All right. I'm sure it's a little more complicated than just the opposite of that, but Georgia wins this game if. Georgia wins this game if they – I'll say Georgia wins this game if they win time of possession. I know that sounds weird, but I feel like Georgia wants to control the clock. They want to control the ball. They want to control possessions. I I feel like they know that our offense is good enough to score and, and come back from behind if necessary. I don't think they want to score in a hurry. I think they want to possess the ball and have 13 play drives, 15 play drives that end in touchdowns. So I'm going to backtrack a little bit. Time of possession and red zone conversion percentage. Because if Georgia has to settle for field goals, I think we're going to score touchdowns. And that's going to cause an issue for them. So even if they win time of possession, if they have four possessions that end in field goals, that's only two scores for our offense. So um, they need to possess the ball well, and they need to convert in the red zone if they plan to beat Michigan. All right, Ryan, what's your game prediction? I think Michigan's going to win this one, and I think it's going to be a decent margin, actually. I don't know why I feel so confident, but I do. I feel like Michigan's going to pull this one out 28-17, to 17, something like that. And uh, I think Michigan's going to win by 10 or more points. Okay, we love it. Uh, any thoughts on the other playoff matchup? Alabama and, uh, and Cincinnati will play at 3.30. little appetizer uh, before Michigan takes the field. Uh, what do you see happening in that game? Alabama is a 13.5-point favorite. I feel like you're going to watch Lion tackle a gazelle in that game. Uh, You know, I'm all about finding some distribution of talent and, you know, having a uh, non-Power 5 school in the playoff I think is great. I do think Cincinnati deserved to be there. But I think you're going to see the talent disparity when Alabama plays Cincinnati. Do I think Riddler, the quarterback for Cincinnati, is a tremendous talent? Yes. But would I take him over Bryce Young? No, I wouldn't. And that's their best player. Um, I think they're going to struggle mightily. I think that you're, you're going to see a disparity of when you have all 11 guys are better than their 11, what a team can do to another team. And uh, I see Alabama coming out and slacking Cincinnati in a big way. I think they're going to win by 20-plus points. I think they're going to try and put an exclamation point on it. And I think Cincinnati, you know, Riddler, I can't even know if it's Riddler. I keep thinking Rattler. That's not him. But Riddler, I, I don't know that he even finishes the game. He's going to start thinking about his NFL career, and he'll be done by the end of the third quarter. Uh, I hope that's not the case because I'm going to be home and watching that game, looking for a good one and maybe weaknesses in Alabama because I'm right. That means we're playing them in the national championship. But uh, I don't see Cincinnati at any point feeling good once the ball's kicked off. It's going to be bad right from the start. Well, one more trip to Indianapolis is on the line for the Michigan Wolverines. That has, uh, that's going to do it for our preview. Appreciate your time, Ryan. Appreciate everyone at the Wolverine who takes the time to watch us every week when we do these. We will be back after the conclusion of the Orange Bowl to do the live stream reaction to the game. Uh, so you can follow us here, subscribe to the YouTube channel, uh, leave us a review on Apple, uh, Google, Spotify, wherever you get your shows. Uh, that'll do it. Uh, Michigan and Georgia will play at 7.30 p.m. from Hard Rock Stadium in Miami. 
We'll see what happens, but uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much for watching. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.